today. Trade all my tomorrows for a single yesterday. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. That's a great song. You ever hear the uh, Grateful Dead cover? Yes, I really enjoy that cover. Yeah, they um, do a really good job. Yeah, yeah. I love all the live Dead. Um, we've talked a little Dead back not too long ago. Um, you know, the uh, one show, I believe, was created by the CIA. There's a lot of myth about it, how it never existed. But all these people, if you ask oh, them, yeah. claim they went to it. I believe it was the Cornell show, 78, and uh, it's considered one of their best shows ever, but it's really just a combination of all these different live performances that they recorded. (laughs) But the CIA experiment is they could convince an entire population that the show actually took place when it in fact did not. And that they were there, huh? And the dead were behind the experiment, uh, and that the dead actually had a lot of CIA ties. This is... You know, allegedly, conspiratorially, uh, you know, if you look back, they were they had a lot of involvement with Ken Kesey and the acid experiments and what was going on in San Francisco. And they're very tied into, you know, that transformative era and, you know, habitual psychedelic drug use that started going on. And, you know, you never know, maybe willingly, maybe, you know, maybe unwittingly, they, you know, they, they had no idea, but, you know. There's some some elements there. It's interesting that the dead came to prominence at the same time that this kind of acid trip experiment was unleashed on the American public. <laughs> you know, it, f- it could have just been that they fit with it so well. You know? so, oh yeah, yeah. Mike, you know, sometimes the universe just right the right place in the right time. The right place, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I like the it's dead. Fate. So yeah, it could have been fate. That's right. But yeah. It's kind of uh I it's dig just it. The universe, uh... I dig the live dead. Man, I don't know who said it. I I, I, <clears throat> I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I think it was like one of I don't know who said it, but they were joking about like uh their childhood. Mm-hmm. And I know it was a comedian, but man, it made so much sense like how the, the joke was that your the you know your script is already written. But it's written by your parents when you're a child. Huh. You know what I mean? And I was man, that really like I think that's really the truth. Well, yeah. You know, like and I don't really believe in like fate, the universe and everything, but like I do think you're you are You are destined, but that destiny wasn't determined necessarily by the universe, but more by like where you grew up and how you grew up. Mm, that's why we need more equity-based bills to uh, give us free money and boost us. Not at all. No, <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's the exact opposite. I think oh, that, yeah? Yeah, Come I on. think we need to more embrace the in- inequality and you need to learn how uh, <clears throat> how to say this. Well, I would argue that... Other people in these poor black communities, right? Yeah. You need to learn what, like, Michael Jordan learned. And not basketball. But you need to learn that, like, in what is it about your upbringing that gives you the advantage? You, It's obvious what your disadvantage is, right? Mm-hmm. But there is going to be an advantage. I believe in... You know, in, in physics and everything, and the the whole universe, everything is equal. Everything balances out. Right. So you cannot have an advantage without having a disadvantage. Sure. You gr- you grow up rich and everything. You have a huge advantage in one way, but you also have a huge disadvantage in that you're never gonna have to work for anything. Yeah. So you hit thirty five, forty. <laughs> you know, your family dies, you lose money, and you have to start off from scratch. You're fucked. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Whereas, like, that poor kid has character. Has You know what I mean? Look at a guy like Dave Chappelle, who never stops working. You know? Yeah. You know, a, a Kobe, uh, LeBron James, a Kobe Bryant, you know? It's, um... We don't need... Instead of, instead of politicians telling you that you're starting off at a disadvantage, we need people out there that are showing you what is your advantage. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, you need people like uh, Michael Jordan who uh, believe they can fly. Well, yeah. That's what you need. Hey, you see that new thing on Netflix? <laughs> little R. Kelly for you, Mike. Oh, yeah. Michael Jordan was... Peed on uh, already. He couldn't... He, he couldn't jump higher. He wasn't bigger. He wasn't stronger, but... Didn't make the high school team. Man. He did have the biggest hands in the game, actually. That's what people don't really talk about, it, you know, sadly. <clears throat> I'd say more than that, dude. He had a heart. He had a determination. He did, yeah. but he um, he had enormous hands, and he could palm the ball like it was a grapefruit. Wow. Yeah, he did. Remember that basketball at the United Center that has his hand? <laughs> it's it's insane. They're, yeah. What people don't really talk about is you know, some athletes just are God gifted with this natural talent. Michael Jordan's yes, he did have the will and the drive, but he also could hold the basketball in a way that most people couldn't, which enabled him here's, the ability to it, do a lot of amazing things. Here's the thing, though. I guarantee you, you can go to the South Side Chicago. I bet you there's five Michael Jordans down there right now. Right? Various age, various states of decay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And just who never found it. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. And probably because they didn't have the, you know, maybe they didn't have the heart. Maybe they didn't have the, you know, I, I don't know. If you want to succeed, it doesn't matter what. You got to find out what your advantage is. Well, uh, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, did you see the Redeem team on Netflix? What was the Redeem team? Terrible name. <clears throat> I never even heard of the Redeem team. But it's uh, uh, the uh, was it 2008 Olympic men's basketball team. Ooh, was Kobe on it? Yeah. Excellent. Or no, I think it was 2012, the 12 team that finally won. It must have been LeBron then. Yeah, so LeBron was on the two teams that lost. Of course. God, then, LeBron, was, he's oh, I know, such a loser, he dude. He's such a loser, this guy. Such a loser. <laughs> Kobe comes on and they win it. Explain to me the Redeem team here. It's just, uh, it's, they talk about, um, dude, you remember the Dream Team in 92? Oh, yeah. the dream. That was huge, dude. I was such a little kid, but I remember the Dream Team snubbed Isaiah Thomas because he and Jordan had a massive beef. One thing yeah, I, I do don't care recall. about that. Nobody you does. remember them in the Olympics just fucking dominating. They dude. manhandled everyone. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was like high school guys playing against the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It really was. <laughs> they were doing stuff you had only seen in, in fucking like in the video games you know <laughs> so the redeem team was the 2008 united states men's basketball team good call on that one yeah so i guess what happened was they, they explained it in the story i didn't know this but we were we only did college basketball players uh, and we were like dominant in the world but then something happened in like the 80s where we lost and so then we were like, all right, we're going to put the NBA players in. And then that's when we came up with the dream team. That's right. Dominated. And yes. then that was it. Nobody thought we would ever lose until 2000, until 2000 when we lost. Well, fast forward, though, um, NBA and basketball as a sport became very popular in Europe and in China. And um, we now, some of the best players in the NBA now, in fact, two-time reigning MVP for the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic. He's uh, from Europe, and he's he dominates the league. So that's what I love about this movie is uh, they show how... So that's really... It's after the 92 Olympics, the Dream Team and everything. That's when basketball really takes off globally. And then the NBA starts recruiting people from around the world. Right. And what's really cool is in oh two in two thousand is really the reason the NBA kind of lose the reason we lose really is because a lot of our NBA players go back and played for their home countries. 
Yes, that and it still currently happens, and and I love that. Dude. No, the matchups are fun to that. watch now. They're actually competitive. It's great. It's good basketball. It's great, dude. And now you literally have the best of the best. Like you people are competitive, and it's fucking beautiful. But what's really good is just the pride in America and sure. uh, how like these guys just come together and they actually like dedicate their time and to, like I <clears throat> I didn't realize that these guys. One of the things they changed was that these guys actually make like a four year. They dedicate. They actually do like a four year dedication to be on the USA team. So they go and play all the tournaments and all the different what have. And they're you. actually like in the off season, they're practicing with the USA team. Sure. Yeah. Hey man, I didn't you know that was game. a thing because before yeah. it was just they showed up like a few weeks before. That's right. Charles Barkley would come out of the drive-through from McDonald's and uh, <laughs> yeah, fatter he'd, than ever. He'd be there yeah. ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really didn't know that was like a th- i didn't know that was a thing but now I, I don't know it gave me a lot it did give me more respect for lebron james dude but lebron man i don't even think you're number two anymore the more the more i watch I, i'm putting kobe at number two kobe one of the greatest of all time dude they talk in the show about how like he was just the most dedicated and like all he cared about was winning and it was like man that guy i don't know i might put him at number two he was one of the most fierce competitors of the modern era and lebron wishes he could have that kind of determination you know kobe bryant wasn't taking rest nights you know, Kobe was playing. No, that dude through that's injuries, what they talk, man. man. That's what they talk about in the sh- in this in this thing. And to be honest with you, you watch it and you kind of get the feeling. I don't think LeBron would be LeBron had he not had the opportunity to play with Kobe and train with Kobe on the Olympic team. Sure, and look, I'm going to throw so, this out there as well. There's much to be made about the fact that LeBron's nearing 40 and he still has a little bit of mileage left in him. Uh, maybe if he didn't take these rest days and maybe if he, you know what I mean? Maybe part of the taking it easy in certain aspects is what has given him longevity. How long do you think Kobe had? I think Kobe would, I feel like if he didn't die in that uh, helicopter crash, he was about to come back. Honestly, right. dude, oh, absolutely. I felt like he was on the verge of another comeback, to be totally honest. He was an unstoppable, like, and these guys <laughs> talked about it, how they, there's a story, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a story where they, like, come in, they come in from partying, and they run into him, and he's going to train. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, you know, three, four in the morning. Wow. And not only is he going to train, he's, he's like, already sweating, because he did, like, cardio, and now he's going to weightlifting. That's incredible. It's like, dude, they're about to go to bed after like part. You know what I mean? It's Black Mamba, that's where, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you, dude. And then they talk. LeBron even talks about how like that kind of changed his work ethic and everything. Wow. And I'm, t- I'm I'm telling you, I don't think he. W- I mean, the more I watch about it, I I'm gonna have to put Kobe at number two. I, LeBron, man, you're fighting for number three at this point. <laughs> I don't care what this the the numbers say, you know. Yeah, LeBron has to have a really good year this year. And he has to be surrounded by talent. He's jumped ship too many times. I think that's also a big thing. You know, Kobe, he did it all with L.A. Kobe, you're the Mark Wahlberg of the NBA. The Mark Wahlberg. You are great as, as long as we put somebody with you. You know, you need a Samuel L. Jackson. You mean LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, LeBron is the Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he's, he's, you're great. You're great as long as you have, you know, people around you. You got to have greatness around you, you know? That's right. You can't just put Mark Wahlberg in a movie with nobody, you know? So. Well, LeBron, he's got to have it this year. Otherwise, I don't see him pulling it together uh, in his, maybe you could call this somewhat of an waning prime you know i don't know <laughs> uh, the movie i gotta tell you that the movie did make it does give me res- i do have a lot of respect for lebron it, the, the movie does give me more respect for him look from his work ethic or just the guy the man? everything about him he is a really he does seem like a really good guy yeah, you know? he, yeah the only thing that gets me is the way he talks about himself being the greatest it's, it's like uh, it, it, that's i think that's what irritates the people the most <laughs> you know you know, basketball is a huge, 
you know, ego sport. It's all about having that kind of mentality because, you you know, there's that one-on-one take, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, short guys like us, Mike, we never got to experience this world. We don't understand this mentality. I don't know. Did Michael Jordan ever really say he's the greatest or does he really just say, take me on the court? You know, like Michael that. Jordan would look you in the eye and say, I'm going to score 52 points and then tell you. That's what I mean. That's exactly better than just saying I'm the greatest. He would just say, try to defend me and then dominate you. you there, know? There's this great story. Um, I, uh, I can't remember the exact two players, but uh, they tell it all the time where they were beating the Bulls and it was in 1997 or whatever. And Jordan was kind of having an off night. And it was around the third quarter, and Jordan overheard one of them making fun of him, or like making fun of the fact that they were just dominating Jordan of all people. And uh, something clicked in MJ, and he just, this f- nuclear bomb exploded inside him. <laughs> and he just unleashed like 35 points in like 12 <laughs> minutes of gameplay and just scorched them, and the Bulls won. And it was like a blowout by the fourth quarter. It's not even close. And, uh, you know, they just learned, you know, you never say anything to MJ. Never disrespect Don't, him. That's right, dude. Never disrespect him. <laughs> that's legendary shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody talks about LeBron that way. <laughs> right, right. Like it's LeBron gets talked about like, okay, once you're up by seven, he starts crying. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you get up by 17, he's going to throw a fan out of the arena. Like, that's... Dude, he, I can't believe he threw that fan out. I had, never would have thought of, like, Jordan doing that or even Kobe. You know, like... I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Jordan would have scored 30 points and after every basket stared you in the eye. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> to, to the point where you'd be so uncomfortable, you would leave on your own. That's you know? right. <laughs> you'd apologize to your team and then leave. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I unleashed this on you. I'll uh, never come to a game again. Never come back. <laughs> <laughs> I've kicked myself out permanently. That's the closest exit. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's just the Chicago mentality. That's all it is, Mike. You know? Is that what it is? And you know who else is from Chicago? Who? Kanye, man. Oh, that's right, man. Good old Kanye. Did you catch Ye's interview? <laughs> I was impressed when you texted me about, you said, did you get Ye on Tucker? I, was, I, I couldn't believe you were calling him Ye. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, now we're boys. You and Ye? No, I'm just kidding. Ye and me? (laughs) (laughs) Really funny how I love how he called out Barack Obama and Mark Zuckerberg. He he called out like a who's who. He's calling out everybody right now. Oh, what's up, Mark? We're not friends anymore. Hey, Obama, remember, I was like your favorite person. right. (laughs) He's five seconds from just listing all the pedophiles that go to Epstein's Island. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, I don't know. You think Mark would fuck a little kid? I don't think Mark Zuckerberg could have sex. I, yeah, I don't think he has that kind of anatomy to do so. Um, uh, that's why he created the metaverse. That's right. I'm finally going to know what it's like to not be a virgin. <laughs> you know? Um, I watched the Kanye interview on Tucker with Emma, and we had to pause several times and be like, yeah, he sounds kind of smart. Hard to understand him. You know what it is? You can tell he has a brain that, um, you can tell that he has a brain that's, it's hard for him to just put into words what he's thinking. He's bursting with thought. Yes. Yeah. Frank, you're so good at, yes, yes. And and he it's hard for him to contain it. You can tell it is, in his What's amazing you know, is he's a great lyricist, right? And absolutely. like words are his weapon. And he's, he's a wordsmith genius, dude. <laughs> and he's and he still has a hard time finding the words to exp- you know what I mean? 
it, it would be, you know, when they talk about like the Neuralink and everything, and like yeah. it really would be amazing to like tie into that brain. There's a few you know? brains out there I'd like to look, you know, get a glimpse of, no doubt. Um, I did snippet a little clip here, uh, just because I really found it super intriguing what he was talking about. If you could hack it, if you could hack into brains, Pornhub would be put out of business by Bill Clinton. For- <laughs> That's it. Our stock has plummeted. We're out. <laughs> it's over, folks. Bill Clinton's memories. Every time the sex comes out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> the Bill Clinton spank bank. Oh, man. Is.com. That's what I would call it. <laughs> <laughs> What is is <laughs> God damn. Well, no, is like I Z Z, you know, a little play on <laughs> play on jizz, but also on what is oh, is, you man. know, like a little combo there. Is dot com marketing genius over here. <laughs> somebody get on this. You have so many categories. <laughs> That's right. But they're fat all secretaries. Fat gonna... secretaries in the Oval Office. I was gonna say they're all political based, you know, like in the West Wing, East Wing, the Lincoln bedroom. You know. Ambas- ambassadors. <laughs> the ambassador suite. <laughs> <laughs> ambassadors, judges. Uh what do you I would have one that was like Bob Dole's limousine, something, you know, along those lines. <laughs> History the in there. bedroom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's so many levels. God, it's great. <laughs> Bill Bill Clinton's favorite, the kitchen. You know, that's uh, Bill a, Clinton. Yeah. Why is there a categories for trannies? Oh, it was the nineties. <laughs> that's nowadays, man. <laughs> that's back when you could call them trannies. Yeah, what are you talking about? That's literally Biden's whole administration at this point. Yeah, well, how do you think they got the job? That's right, man. That's right. That, that was their way into politics. Um, speaking of Clintons, uh, what got me on this Kanye interview was the part where he talks about Clintons and yeah. uh, what they were trying to swing the the yay and his woman Kim <clears throat> to do. Uh, so we'll we'll just get Dude, a little bit of this one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, you wanna? All right. We'll go into it and then it's. I got a quick one of it. Uh, the whole interview. I I think everyone should check it out. It's it's actually pretty interesting. Um. Because I think Kanye gives and, a glimpse and into this, this is the like, reason why world. Tucker has viewers. Yes, this is an interesting Good interview. Good call. Yeah, you know? exactly. CNN—they don't know why they're losing the black vote, and then they bring on a black guy who says the Constitution is trash. Yeah, that's right. Well, they have Van right. Jones come on and explain to them what's going on. <laughs> yeah. and then Van Tucker Jones. has Kanye come on right. and talk about how like he doesn't want to be made into a product. You know, it's like seriously, the stuff he says later on in the interview kind of he really actually delves into the how him and Trump are very similar, how they have people around them trying to make their them and their product something that they don't want it to be. And they're like using them and whoring them out, essentially. And it's a very interesting interview. Again, I was shocked at what I was hearing Kanye West talk about. And I, and he's, he's way more insightful than they give him credit, and he's in a world we can only imagine and it, being in. Mike, it made me think, you know, we live in a world recently where they tried to tell us, you know, don't listen to those crazy guys, uh, Joe Rogan and Kanye West. They, they seem to be kind of pushing out some intelligent thought here and there, and, you know, it's a little critical of what your message is, so maybe... Maybe these guys yeah. are onto something. These crazy guys you're talking about. Maybe they uh, you know, know what they're saying. <laughs> and Kanye, you know, here, I'll go back to the gay thing. Look at Kanye. The least interesting thing about him, he's a black man. <laughs> That's right. Right? Yeah. 
But for you Democrats, that's all that matters. Well, especially when he puts on a sweatshirt that says White Lives Matter that's and then <laughs> tweets out that BLM has ended, thank me. The fact that his ancestors come from Africa is the least interesting thing about this man. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Well, they can't handle guys like Ye and Larry Elder. You know, they don't right. have... There's no room in their agenda for gentlemen like that. Because they don't focus just on the fact that they're black and oppressed. No, they have uh, ideas, and they like to speak those ideas. And that, yeah. you know what, that's an intrusion on the agenda of the left. That's scary. Yeah, well, they don't like ideas, Mike. <laughs> that's how they are. So you want to, let's, uh, let's dive into let's it. get yeah, a little glimpse it. of uh, Ye's mind here. And a friend of mine told me that uh, Chris and Kim had called him because he had influence inside of the black community uh, and had called him uh, to say, oh, to get him to influence people to take the vaccination. Mm -hmm. And... I don't have an opinion on that. I just want to state that as a flat statement. But it was, it was wild that I didn't know how close my own wife was to the Clintons. I didn't know, you know, I, I, I didn't realize it at the time. That you were married to her. And Well, I was married to her. How close was she to the Clintons? I mean, cell phone away, like, or, hey, tell Ye to say this away, or, hey... Go out and use your platform to push uh, the vaccination away. I mean, not away, but like take the away part. But you do know. you feel like yeah. at times you were manipulated by political forces through your wife? Attempt manip manipulation, but yes, there was some manipulation. Me not saying I like Trump yeah. was a, a form of uh, a manipulation for sure. Yeah. Why did you like him, by the way? You said you liked him early, like you saw him. In I mean. Uh, I, I keep telling this joke. Can you stop right there Trump for a the yeah, Hold on. Do you hear how Tucker just asked a question that furthered a thought? Yeah, it was and interesting. And this man had to pause <laughs> to think about the answer, right? That's right. It wasn't just like, oh, great, Dr. Fauci, thank you very much. And uh, so the vaccine's 100% safe and effective. <laughs> so what do you, have to, you think we should get a full shot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, just, I can't get over careful. the fact that this is why people are watching Tucker. That's pretty much the end of it. Um, there, I would oh, say. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I think. To cut it up no, I think that's. Uh, I have maybe a few more seconds of that, but uh, essentially, what's kind of scary if you're hearing him correctly, think about Kim Kardashian. She is one of the most influential people in this pop world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you have the Clintons texting her to do promo ads for the vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. Are we getting it yet? Are we understanding what was happening here? This is scary stuff, man, especially because these vaccines are pretty obviously not good for you at this point. I mean, people are having some serious health issues from this stuff. It makes you so, wonder, you think they got to Bieber or do you think they get to his wife? I don't know if either one promoted this stuff. I, I, I just I've heard this anecdote from many different um, celebrities who are not in on the fix, the non Stephen Colbert's, if you will, uh, who have admitted that they were offered thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, maybe more, to go and do quick ads on TikTok and you know Instagram and YouTube and promote the, vaccines, the vaccine, man. Oh. And dude, these vaccines. Uh, they just announced in Florida that they're not... Uh... Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, Frank, it's coming out, man. It's Finally. absolutely coming out. I mean, this Finally. is going to... But how scary is this going to be? What are people... How are people going to react when they realize they were not only duped and lied to, but that they took like three or four or maybe even five of these things? How many people took four? Um, statistically, not many, and way, <laughs> and 
and way less took five apparently they like are have like a crisis on their hands because no but not even elderly i saw this article today that they can't even get the elderly to go and get this new bivalent fifth booster uh i I think the jig is up dude i think even the old folks are uh, done taking your eugenics poison yeah fauci took it and like four other people that's right (laughs) nobody else and yeah, I, I doubt he actually took it in that clip that we covered. It almost <laughs> s- still in my mind surreal that that took place. Uh, Stephen Colbert. That's what I, so, man. Why what are an the, but, evil hold mother- on, I don't mean to get back. To, why were the, the Clintons, why were they even involved? Oh, thank you. And Mike. Why were you, you guys weren't even at, you, you held no political office. This goes back, had, holy shit, dude. This goes back to what you said. Uh, you had this theory that Comey, when he intervened and basically essentially won Trump the election, he was stopping Hillary from going to power. And we've discussed how scary yes. COVID would have been with Hillary in power. It, it, it wasn't just Comey, dude. Comey, dude. But for Trump to win. A lot of deep state, so-called, uh, you know what I mean? People yeah. who are not elected, who were about to retire. <laughs> they did a lot of moves that's kind of swayed the election to get to make sure Hillary didn't win. Gives me chills to think about it, man. And yes, you're right on the money now. Yes. Wait, Hillary, why are you pushing? Well, they're in league with the Bill Gates Foundation stuff, I believe, and they're all about the eugenics shit. And Oh, Gates is definitely the connection. 100%. And then Fauci, you joke about Gates on the fucking Colbert Report. While you're shopping for Halloween candy, you evil motherfucker. Oh, that's not even the Colbert Report. What the fuck is it? Uh, late late show with Stephen Colbert. Whatever. Late night, whatever. It's trash. Oh, dude, it's, 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 it's. So it really, this is what chilling. freaked me out. Yeah, it's absolutely bone chilling, dude, to hear Kanye go out there and say, hey, look. We got the Clintons over here hitting up my wife's cell phone, telling her to uh, do some promo ads to take this vaccine that we all know is killing people. Wow. That should bother everybody. And then it really puts into perspective the fact that the media went way out of their way to paint Kanye as a bipolar crazy person who has no idea what he's talking about. Yes. That's what's unbelievable. Dude, you're right. They did a whole campaign about him being, like, a mentally ill... So that way, it was a preemptive, uh, you know, com- campaign, essentially, to, to you know, sway our general opinion about him, so that way, when he does come out and speak logically about some of this scary shit, we dismiss him as an insane person. Oh my god, you're right. It's wild. It's wild, dude. It's such a good man- game of manipulation. Dude, did you watch Bill? You watched Bill Maher. I did. I did not clip any Bill Maher. That's um, fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, who was the guy he interviewed? Uh, was that Chris Wallace? It was. Yeah. They keep trying yeah. to make Chris Wallace cool, dude. <laughs> dude. It summed up what bothers me the most about the left is he talks about how like nobody wants just the facts, right? Sure. And I, we just need the facts and to look at the facts and then you come up with the decision and everything. And like, dude, everything I hear from the fucking people on the left, our parents are the best example. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the same story. Listen, I look at the facts. I look at the news <laughs> and I make my own decision. Right. And I, I'm an independent. I'm in the middle. I'm All an right. independent. Nice. Yeah. Right. And, and you just and you look at him, and I, I just want to be like, so you looked at all the facts, you just <laughs> unbiasedly read all the stories, oh, yeah. and just somehow your opinion lines up perfectly with Stephen Colbert and every <laughs> late night host. Every single, every single fucking late night host. As a matter of fact, your opinion lines up with everybody that's playing at 10 o'clock or 8 o'clock except Tucker Carlson. There you go. That doesn't seem a little weird to you, and maybe you're not analyzing the facts unbiasedly, that maybe you're being led into this side, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I, yes, 
Absolutely. You you're, you look at the facts unbiasedly and you agree with every channel except Fox News. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Well, I think a great gauge is how much do you talk about Trump? All right, so... No, you know what my, great, you know what my gauge is now? I can't wait. DeSantis. Ooh, wow. <laughs> because the fact that you guys are okay with Greg Abbott right now, but DeSantis <laughs> is evil... The media yeah. is doing a great job. Yeah, that is good. Um, I mean, re- realistically, you shouldn't have any thought about DeSantis, right? What negative do you have to say about him? You know what they don't like about him? No. I don't. They don't like the way he treated Disney for some reason. Oh, yeah. And he's he's um, the don't say gay. Where's don't Ron-, say- Ron Perlman? Get over here. Get over here, man. <laughs> Say gay, say! Ryan Perlman, how many movies you gotta be in before you fix those teeth, buddy? Come on. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) we don't like him for that. (laughs) And apparently he's failing the hurricane. And Okay, sure. All right. Wow. I get it. Uh, It's a nice media blitz. Yeah, they're scared of DeSantis because he's the 2024 lock. That's exactly what I try to tell them, is they're just... I know you're you're brainwashed by these people because you're only hating him right now because he's their best chance, you know? I know you're brainwashed because you support the guy with the thing growing out of his neck who can barely speak a full sentence. Yes! M- Mom, you are <laughs> liking the guy who cannot talk over the guy whose show you watched for 12 years until he said he was a Republican. I know. Right? I like the dude. You, you so you watched the guy's show for like 20 years, and then he said he doesn't support abortion. He's he's Hitler. Everybody, everybody is totally in support of Dementia Man and the dude with Quoto growing out of his fucking neck. And DeSantis is, is the, the goiter on his neck has more brain power than the man. Himself. I know. It's unbelievable, dude. Like, I can't believe what kind of world we're in right now politically. It's hard to defend these arguments and the people they support, and <laughs> I don't get where DeSantis at all comes across as a bad guy on any level. Again, I, you know, he's a family man. He's dealing with a disaster in a place that has disasters often, and people there, you know, uh, I heard some people here talking about Florida and... I had intervened at one point and, you know, said, uh, yeah, I have some family who lives there. You know, they didn't really evacuate and most people didn't. And everyone's just kind of making do and living life. And they're going to, you know, they'll come back. They'll have, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do. And uh, I told uh, I told them, you know, there's people who've lived there their whole lives. This isn't new. Like everybody nationally is acting like we've never had a hurricane hit Florida before. Like this is really... We've been brainwashed in some bizarre way, you know. And have yeah. you kn- usually by this time, two or three hurricanes have hit Florida, dude. We're actually in this like we've had like four seasons of like extremely mild hurricanes. Not only that, it rained so much here in Colorado, we did not have fires this year. I don't believe it. There was no. Where was f- that in the news? There were no fires, man. I've been told you guys are in a drought. It's always so dry, and we're always raging on fires. Nothing happened. There was nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's going to snow here in like three weeks, probably. I'm just going to assume it's because your governor was a Democrat. That's right, dude. They only <laughs> set that shit on fire when Republicans are in charge, man. <laughs> if you vote a Republican in, I promise. <laughs> Wildfires and floods are coming back. I contend, and prove me wrong, people. Uh, when Trump was in charge, we had... Blue skies and hot summers and snowy Christmas days. <laughs> we had white Christmas. I'm telling you. The Democrats like to fuck with the weather because... You know what's funny here? I've been noticing this, and you've brought it up too. People think weather is climate. And climate is weather. and they, they No, confu- just when it suits them. They've confused the language so much so that the average person has no idea what they're talking about, and it could be raining in fall, and they're like, oh, goddamn climate change, bro. You know? You're like, no, 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 here's how it weather. works. It's You're the missing weather. the formula. <laughs> You're missing the formula. 
When a hurricane hits a Republican state, right, that's climate change. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, yes. When an insane polar vortex, sure, out of nowhere, yes, hits hits a Democrat state like Chicago. That's just that's weather. Oh, oh, I'm like I'm an idiot and a bigot. Now I understand. <laughs> it all makes sense now. It's because of white superiority. I get it. <laughs> It all makes sense. Yeah, it's white supremacy. I get it now. Systemic racism. Oh, yes. I'm so dumb, of course. Come on, Frank. (laughs) It's all about equity. (laughs) You know? Where's Kamala Harris to explain this all to me? That's what I need. (laughs) That's really funny. You... You just nailed the, uh, you should go right for the Democrats, actually. You know, you just explain all of that climate stuff. Like, Folks, it's all about equity. See, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's all about some folk not making as much as other folk. <laughs> I do got, oh, man, I do got to tell you, I went to Arlington Heights the other day. And so. how is the future home of the Chicago Bears? <sighs> man, these rich white neighborhoods. When you spend all day in the city, all yes, day sir. every day in the city. Oh, yeah. Man, I got out the highway. I got about five minutes away from the highway, deep into Arlington Heights, and yeah. about downtown Arlington Heights. Ooh. You know, it's like better air, dude. I was gonna say, did you roll was... down the window? Just Ooh! oh my god, I can yeah. breathe, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it smelled like flowers Ooh. and greenery. You know what I mean? People are waving, letting you in. Wow. Like it's like, what the. F- Fuck. You holler over to the mailman, sir. What is this thing you guys are breathing here? And he's like, air. And you're like, this is amazing. This is incredible stuff. Where can I buy this? Oh my god! <laughs> How did you pay for this? This is a coming kit. <laughs> for those that don't know, O'Hare Airport. It's the, one of the busiest airports in the country. I live right <laughs> under one of the runways. <laughs> Prime time, folks. So there are planes like just right overhead landing every 90 <laughs> seconds. Man, you go there, it's so quiet. I'm telling you, the air just. The most offensive smell is fresh cut grass. <laughs> I, I like I like That's that. beautiful. That's what I'm saying. It's the most beautiful My smell in the world. Smells in the, yeah. But yeah. it smells bad compared to the lilacs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It's unbelievable. <laughs> I really like that. Man, they called it, uh, I forgot. Danielle told me. I didn't believe it, but it got called in an article a sundown town. Uh, like for um, seniors with dementia? No. Or, uh... <laughs> Do you know what a sundown town is? I'm not familiar. If you're a black person, you can't go there when the sun goes down. Because they'll just arrest you. Jeez, okay. What is it, 1950? Bro, I, oh my god, I promise you, if you're a black bro, n- no, b- <laughs> that's incredible, dude. <laughs> no black person has felt less safe in Arlington Heights than any white person anywhere in Chicago, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, well, Reg- just, regardless of race, sorry, religion, whatever, you are safer in Arlington Heights than anywhere else. Unless you're breaking the law, those cops, nobody's bothering you. Nobody oh, cares. Man. That's just... Nobody cares. Wow. Right? I guess, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going back in time. Again, the language, the young people being taught that they're separated. Again, total opposite of what we grew up on. Do you, you know, know why they can't? You know why they're considered that though, man. And I, you know, what I think it has to do with during the BLM protest, Arlington Heights was not having it. Good for them. Congratulations. They probably spared themselves some property damage. Oh, why do you think the fucking? Why, why do you think the houses are so expensive there now? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're black and you can afford a five hundred thousand dollar home, 
come on in. We don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you want to come yeah. protest Black Lives Matter? No. Stay in the city. It's where you're going to want to be during the Civil War, Mike. That's the no doubt about it, man. Frank, there's no Civil War. Have you been seeing no all this war. talk? What's with the talk of the Civil War? By the way, left people on the left, you want to be in a Civil War, you're the side with no guns. You're not going to do very well in this Civil War. The one thing, I don't know if you caught this about Bill Maher, but on, fr- on Friday, in one episode, right? Like, yeah. literally, Bill Maher, your hypocrisy is starting to interfere with your fear-mongering. <laughs> because <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, you said that the youth care so little about politics and everything going on that they will only pay attention as far as an article that got retweeted, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then 30 minutes later in the episode, you're talking about how the youth are ready to take up arms and start a civil war over Trump? Yeah, right? Which one is it, buddy? Oh, they're prosecuting <coughs> the Proud Boys right now and uh, that other group, right? The over Oath Keepers. Oath Keepers and some sort of bizarre... I call them all brothers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's the end of my podcast. Fellow, it's over. My, my, my fellow patriots. <laughs> oh, no. And we're out. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't support. I, support. I literally support nobody. Yeah, but hey, I think, you know, in America, you're allowed to have militias or groups or whatever. I don't even know what they're. I, honestly, I think they're just prosecuting anyone who has some sort of tie to either Trump or January 6th. Uh, it's all fucking weird, but uh, we we didn't cover the Civil War thing, did we yet? I don't think we uh, got that clear. No. no, no, I'm I'm lo- I'm blown away at this dialogue. It's only being pushed by the left, left media. Who's yes, saying Thank the you. right wants to do it. Thank you. It's only left media, and I'm. It's the most bizarre language I've heard in a long time. I mean, I don't think we expected it to make sense, either coming from these militia groups or coming from the former president. But can you talk a little bit about how this kind of militia became normalized in the first place on the far right? Well, this is their interpretation of of the Constitution. They still believe that they constitute a standing militia, that it's the people that need to remain armed in in order to overthrow a a tyrannical government. Uh, The irony here, of course, is they've introduced tyranny um, into the situation themselves. We have a standing militia. It's called the National Guard, um, and it's been well established and effectively utilized. They don't want to listen to that anymore. So we're, we're facing a situation where even former National Security Advisor General Mike Flynn recently said he believes yeah. governors have the right to declare war. That is not, of course, constitutional, but he's making that up because he believes that's where we're headed. The Oath Keepers. The governors absolutely have full control over the National Guard. <laughs> that is... Online rhetoric escalating into real life violence. What does it take for extremists to cross that line? To cross the line like what happened on January 6th? To go from it being something that they're talking about, sitting at a desk with their online friends, to all of a sudden, you know, putting ammo in the car, having a plan, and having it become this real world plan plus action. Yeah, so we've seen it happen. We have a case model here. It's called January 6th. Mm -hmm. And the Proud Boys, even even the Proud Boy, the more senior Proud Boy, Jeremy Bertino, who's recently pled guilty, he actually testified to the January 6th committee as to the effect of Donald Trump on radicalizing and calling to action the Proud Boys. That phrase, stand back and stand by, actually exponentially increased membership in the Proud Boys and moved them to act toward violence. So it doesn't take much. And we need to look forward to not only the midterm, but the day may be coming when their leader, Donald Trump, is indicted by the federal government or some state government. If that happens, that may be the trigger, Alicia, that moves at least some to violence. Wow, man. man. And you called it, Mike, a while back, but they're going to indict Trump. They're going to go after him. They're going to try and uh, book uh, him, yeah. Dano. I hate to quote the fag, but as Rob Reiner said, <laughs> oh, Rob, 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 Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner, fucking idiot. Terrible name. Rob Reiner <laughs> said, 
not a matter of if, it's a matter of... Oh, I'm sorry, let me put food in my mouth. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. <laughs> that is a, a Rob Reiner while eating a chicken leg or wing or a He's uh, turkey leg. Yeah, like turkey that, leg. Yeah. Um, so... Civil War, did you notice he kind of struggled to really say yes, but they really, like, at the end there, he's connecting three things. Civil War, Proud Boys, January 6th. Yeah, because there's no way there's going to be a civil war. Why do you they want I mean? this so bad? I don't understand the rhetoric behind they it. They don't. They want to push the belief that you have to vote for Democrats or there's going to be a civil war. I'm thinking that they're pushing this talk so much because they're going to stage a little false flag. One of those little uh, mini, they're going to like stage a mini kind of Jan 6th kind of situation. I, I don't think, I think they're realizing that they can't do it, dude. Dude, there's, like, there's been, the last like four attempts have been terrible. The <laughs> U-Haul, the Gretchen Whitmer trial, the fucking, uh, what was that, uh, the, 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 the gay, prote- gay pride parade, what was that thing, remember? Um, I I'm a little off on. Uh, there's been so many. Yeah, but it's always like the guys in the khaki. The guy, the, the khaki you know guys. I mean? like, yeah, you, you guys can't do it right. I, I'm excited for them to make another appearance. I feel like they're really building up for something big with the khaki boys. Well, you know why they're waiting because everybody made fun of them. So now they're trying to grow out beards. That's what they're waiting for. Ooh, it's gonna be like two more months, but then they're all gonna have the same length beard. So wow, it's look, you know what I mean? That's so a they great. Can't help but be uniform. <laughs> and uh no they gotta do the mask they wear the the white coverings it's part of their look it's so funny man yeah. you know why it fails is because people on the right are willing to show their face it's you fucking antifa people that don't want to show your face good call it is the anti antifa folk yeah. um and you could argue Antifa is also probably a little bit of the, you know, secret ops, black ops, CIA, FBI, right? I'm sure there's some Gretton Witchmer type infiltration in those groups going on to stoke violence and get them to do things that normal people would not in typical situations be pushed to do. Nah, those are kids that, you know what I mean, like... Those are people that you, it doesn't take much to get them to do stuff, you know? Think about you when you were, you know, I don't know about you, before I joined the army, you know what I mean? When I was like 19. <laughs> sure. It wouldn't have taken, I hated society. Right. You know? Yeah. Obviously, I was a fucking failing loser. Okay, yeah. You know, it was like, it wouldn't have taken much, 100 bucks? I'm gonna fucking <laughs> loot this liquor store, you know? Yeah, I think the young are the, they're the easily, most easily manipula, man, uh, manipulated, but I think Manip- that, uh. you know, there's a lot of adults in this mix lately, and maybe we're at a point where people are just so freaking dumb, dude, that it doesn't matter the age group, you could really yeah, it get... It doesn't matter, because the adults are the kids now. You know? Yeah, adults are the kids now. I, I, I walk around Chicago and I see these guys my age, dude. We're 30, 35. If you're 35 and you're walking around with a fucking flat brim hat and matching fucking sneakers, fucking stop. Grow up, dude. <laughs> my dad turned 28, popped out his second kid, threw on a pair of New Balance. He's still wearing the same pair of New Balance. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> the show is brought to you by New Balance. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's what men do, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't it, go it, and it, buy the BMX bike and cruise around with the chromies, and you know, cousin Frank, man, that guy's got three kids, right? What is, what's on his feet? Work boots, because that's what he wears to work, and then that's what he wears everywhere else. You know <laughs> sure. what I mean? And like, right. you know why? Because if he's got money for an extra pair of shoes, well, guess what? He's got to buy three extra pairs of shoes for the kids. You know, <laughs> it's like. A, I don't know. Uh, well, this actually kind of brings me back around to the She-Hulk stuff we were talking about earlier in a funny way. Um, they have eliminated men from everything. and Like real men, yeah. Yeah, men, masculine men, are just completely eliminated from all aspects of pop culture. And 
you know, we live in a very weak society. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's easy to manipulate weak people. And Yeah, that's why they did it. That's why they made us this way. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, honestly, man, uh, think about the people who were least persuaded by the COVID nonsense, the people who were still working. I think about it all the time, dude. <clears throat> like, not just me, but anybody who didn't take the vaccine. God, I mean, good for you, dude. You, they threw... They threw everything at you, bro. This virus is going to kill you. Still didn't take it. If This virus is going to kill your grandma. Still didn't take it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Mike, how could anybody in there? I mean, I'm impressed with anybody out there who was able to not get it after seeing Bill de Blasio stuff his fat face with that <laughs> cheeseburger, dude. <laughs> you had politicians. You had celebrities. You had everybody on TV telling you it was 100% The Clintons were begging right? Kanye West and Kim Kardashian to do it, man. You know? And I'm just saying, dude, I, I knew that from day one that this was... You guys are trying to sell me something, you know? And now, anecdotally, everyone knows people with problems, right? And we yeah, got issues now. Know, everybody knows Justin Bieber, man. That guy is not touring anymore. He's done. Mike, I was standing in line to get my car fixed the other day. Remember I told you I was thinking we, I had some CV joint issues going on? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I got it checked out. Apparently, no. There, there was some other stuff, but they said, you know, it's just 100 miles, 100,000 miles. They just said, you know, the car's just making making clinking noises you know like, i was like, like don't right. buy subaru people that's what a fucking subaru mechanic don't buy me. subaru he was basically telling Jeez. me that but when yeah. i was waiting in line mike uh buying a subaru is like marrying a lesbian i agree it's, it's not gonna work out like you think and I, <laughs> folks i did both learn from me <laughs> I'm sleeping on the couch for that one. <laughs> you, you know, you marry the lesbian, you just end up holding the camera. That's right, yeah. Well, it's good fun. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, anyways, I'm standing in line, though, and uh, the guy ahead of me... Um, was kind of talking for a long time with the uh, the dude who runs the place. And um, the guy running it said, you know, I tried to call you three times, but you didn't answer. And I have a rule with that, and you didn't answer. And uh, the guy, you know, said, sorry, man, I had an, an employee on me stroking out on me. And I had to deal what? with that all day, and I couldn't answer the phone. I apologize. And the clerk behind the counter said, or the mechanic said, uh, hey, man, I get it. Our GM is out today for a family member who died. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on. I get it. Wow. Anecdotally, it seems like a lot of people have either a lot of medical issues happening to people close to them, or a lot of people are dying. Excess the coach just had a stroke on the field. That's right. You sent me that article about the coach, uh, the college uh, coach. Oh, it's terrible, man. Uh, hey, man, how close are we to a player... In the NFL or NHL or, you know, NBA, having a heart attack on, on the court, on the field. I don't think they took it. I don't either. I, I love where you're at with it. And I, you know, we, we talked about it, like, when they first did this shit. You're giving, there's no way you're giving an experimental shot to a guy you're paying $200 million. You know what I mean? Or yes. $100 million, whatever it is, you know? That's a great call. Yeah. No, we have discussed that and. You know, there's, there's, there's like horses in the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby they wouldn't give an experimental drug to, you know? Maybe that's why they gave Kyrie so much shit. Kyrie was outspoken maybe for other people out there, right? Well, I think what they were doing is, the you know, because the, the people they don't care about, they were forcing to get it. But, like, LeBron wasn't forced to take it, you know? Sure. And then that's probably why Kyrie Irving said what he said was, like, I'm sticking up for the people that can't stick up for themselves. Same with um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Vaccine, um, I think it's undeniable, and we're heading towards the last part of the year here, but the numbers are going to speak for themselves, Mike, and they've been screaming lately that excess mortality rates are through the roof. Yeah.